Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. We want to thank you for listening to this chapel message. Our mission at Southeastern is to seek to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ by equipping students to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. We hope that you enjoy this chapel message and that you will visit our website. It's www.sebts.edu. There you can learn more about our school and what the Lord is doing here. We hope you enjoy the message. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing here. I want to extend my congratulations this morning to these graduates, all of whom I am very thankful for and proud of. And also uh, my greetings to you, thanking you for being here today as we celebrate their graduation and acknowledge uh, this marvelous accomplishment. Uh, for many of you, this will be the last time I get to speak to you. It'll kind of be um, last words. And uh, I'm one of these persons who thinks that last words are usually important words. Uh, if you know that you're going to talk to somebody for the last time, uh, uh, you probably want to share with them what is most significant and most important to you. Of course, my last words don't matter much at all. They really don't. Uh, what would matter, though, even more is the last words of the Lord Jesus. And you find these in the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. Our Lord has been raised from the dead. He has paid the price for the sins of the world, having borne in His body the wrath and judgment of God, dying the death that all of us in this room should have died, having lived the life that all of us in this room should have lived but did not, and paying a penalty that He did not deserve that we rightly deserved. And then God demonstrated the acceptance of that sacrifice by gloriously raising Him from the dead. In these verses, he takes his disciples to a high mountain. And as he is preparing to depart soon, he leaves these final words with them. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. In these verses, we're going to see a word about His sovereign power, a word about His sovereign plan, and a word about His sovereign promise. First, a word about His sovereign power. Four times in these verses you see the word all. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Just recently the provost of this institution, Dr. Bruce Ashford, uh, published a book entitled Every Square Inch. Uh, basically, he took that title from a statement by Abraham Kuyper, who said that the Lord Jesus, when He looks over the entirety of His creation and the entirety of His universe, He simply declares for all to know and to see, Mine. Every square inch of this universe belongs to Him. That means your life belongs to Him. Your ministry belongs to Him. Your future is in His Hands. He has died for you. He has been raised for you. He has the absolute sovereign right and authority to send you wherever He wants to send you and to ask you to do whatever He wants you to do. By the way, the same is true for every one of us in this room. Maybe you're here today and you would acknowledge, honestly, I'm not a Christian. Uh, the things of uh, Christianity have never interested me, and the things of religion are not uh, on my radar screen. But let me just say to you this morning, out of love and compassion, you belong to Jesus. He made you. 
He died for you, and He has every right to demand full and total allegiance of your life and under His Lordship. John Piper is right. The risen Christ is great, greater than you ever imagined. Here is our witness to the world. The risen Christ is your King, and He has absolute unlimited authority over your life. And if you do not bow and worship Him and trust Him and obey Him, you commit high treason. You commit high treason against your King, who is God over all. So, yes, as you go and do what God has called you to do, you need to continually, daily acknowledge His authority, but at the same time recognize that now that you belong to Him, now that you are in Christ, you also have access to His authority and access to His power as well. That's why Hudson Taylor, the great missionary to China, said God's work done in God's way will never lack God's supply. You will never lack one thing that you need to complete the will of God for your life. Now, for some of you, that may mean that you do things in this world that uh, causes people to take notice and to perhaps even want to place you on a pedestal that we all know none of us deserve. For others of you, it may be that His sovereign plan is to take you to a place where you're virtually in obscurity and yet understand you are there because He sent you there. And you are there with the resources of the sovereign king of this universe for every assignment that you have. See his sovereign power. But secondly, hear his sovereign plan. In verse 19, our Lord lays out for us what we indeed call rightly the Great Commission. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Now, when you studied here at Southeastern, most of you uh, took Greek. And so you understand that uh, in the Greek language there are participles and there are verbs and there are imperatives. And in this particular text, I think you're probably aware, there is a single imperative, make disciples. But orbiting about that phrase, make disciples, are three participles that because of their close proximity to that imperative, they also have the force of an imperative. Yes, you make disciples because you go, you baptize, and you teach all that He has commanded us. In other words, we recognize this day there is no need for you to stop and pray and ask God, should I go and make disciples? That's not something that is up for debate. That is not something that you ever need to question. He has told you, you go, and you make disciples of all the nations, all the ethnes. Many times uh, folks hear that phrase and they actually misunderstand what Jesus was saying because when He speaks of nations, ethnes, uh, he is not talking about uh, political boundaries, but he is talking about people groups. He is talking about different people groups that have their own language, their own culture, their own identity. And of course, in our world today, we are now approaching 7.3 billion people on the planet. More than 11,400 people groups dot the planet Earth today. But still to this day, amazingly, with all of our wealth, all of our technology, all of our resources, more than 6,800 are still unreached. The number, 3.78 billion people have either limited or no access to the gospel. 
Think about it. There are still places in this world today where we could go and be dropped by a parachute or a helicopter, hit the ground, start walking, and we would walk days and weeks and months. We would never meet a Christian and we would never see a church. And yet the Bible gives clear evidence that King Jesus needs to be known among those people. King Jesus needs to be worshipped by those people. And so we are given a command to make disciples and we go. We go to the unreached. And for many of you, you go to the underserved areas. You go to places where the gospel light, even within the boundaries of North America, is now nothing more than a flicker. No, we go and we baptize. And I love what it says here, we teach all that He has commanded. In other words, we teach our people both what to believe and why to believe. We teach our people how to define the truths of the Bible and defend the truths of the Bible. And, hear me, we teach the hard doctrines. We do not skirt the tough subjects. We may not receive the applause of the world. That is okay as long as we receive the applause of King Jesus. And therefore, you remain faithful to His assignment. You stay faithful to this Word, and this is a personal Word here. If there ever comes a time in your life, for whatever reason, that you no longer believe that this book is the infallible and inerrant Word of God, I beg you this day, leave the ministry. Go do something else, because souls are at stake, eternity hangs in the balance, and people do not need to hear an uncertain word from the pulpit. They need to hear, thus saith the Lord. And from Genesis to Revelation. You preach and you proclaim without any apology the unsearchable riches of Christ. John Keith Falconer was an English aristocrat. He was an Arabic scholar at Cambridge and a world cycling champion. He actually won the world championships in 1878, and then he sensed God's calling to Yemen to be a missionary where he would live to the tender age of 31, dying soon after he arrived from malaria. But John Falconer said this, I have but one candle of life to burn. And I would rather burn it out in a land filled with darkness than in a land flooded with light. And C.T. Studd, the great missionary to China, to India, to Africa, who died and was buried in the Congo, said, Some wish to live within the sound of a church bell. I wish to run a rescue mission within one yard of hell. That's the kind of heart that I pray God gives you, that you will go to the hard and difficult places, not questioning the sovereign command of your king, being faithful to obey his plan. But then thirdly, you should also trust in his sovereign promise, because we have a wonderful promise that concludes the Great Commission. And behold, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. Break it down. Who is with you? King Jesus. What does he say? I am with you. How long will I be with you? I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. What an incredible promise from an awesome king. You see, the fact of the matter is, wherever he sends you, he's already there. Wherever you go, he's waiting in advance, having already prepared your field of service. Don't ever think that somehow up in heaven, God is unaware of where you are. God is unaware of what you're going through. Understand, even if you find yourself in water rising up to your nose, you are placed there by a sovereign God. 
It was not by accident that you find yourself in these difficult circumstances. In fact, I think most of us would acknowledge this morning, though it's painful, God usually does His best work when we are in deep waters. He does His best work when we are flat on our back. He gets our attention when we can only look to Him and can only trust in Him. You see, Hudson Taylor, also a wonderful missionary, said, God isn't looking for people of great faith. God is looking for individuals ready to follow Him. And so, are you ready? Wherever it is that He wants to send you, whatever it is that He calls you to do, are you willing to trust Him and believe in Him no matter what? You see, that's the kind of uh, faith that inspired David Livingston to go and plant his life in Africa, and as you probably well know, died, found dead on his knees praying. And David Livingston said it as well as I've ever read it, without Christ, not one step, with Him anywhere. Without Christ, not one step, but with Him anywhere. That is my prayer for you this morning. But it's also my prayer for all of you here today as well. Without Christ, you ought not to take another step. But with King Jesus in your life, anywhere. Because He promises to go with you wherever you may go. You say, Danny, I'm not a Christian. I know that is probably true of many of you here today. In fact, yesterday in the graduation uh, rehearsal, I ask these graduates, how many of you will have tomorrow friends and family that will be in the service and they're not believers, they're not Christians? Would you raise your hand? Probably 50% raise their hands. So I know this morning that there are a lot of people here that normally don't read a Bible. You normally don't go to church. Again, for whatever reason, the things of God have just not been all that important to you, but you're here today because you love these graduates, but also understand you're here today by divine appointment. God planned in eternity past that you would be here this day to be a part of this graduation ceremony and to hear what I'm about to say in the next few moments, which is called the gospel. And He divinely orchestrated your life that you would be here today, that you might hear the good news that Jesus Christ loves you. And in fact, He loves you so much, He died on that cross to pay in full the penalty of all of your sin. I really believe it's true. Had you been the only person to ever live, God in His great love for you would have sent Jesus to die just for you. That is how great is the love of God. And God has done for you what you could never do for yourself. He has paid for all of your sins so that if you would simply acknowledge to the Lord that I am a sinner, you would simply turn from your sin and you would flee to Jesus, go to Jesus, run to Jesus, trust in Jesus. The Bible says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Now you say, I didn't come here to be saved. Yes, but our God is full of surprises. And it just may be today that the biggest surprise of all is that in the next few moments you're going to make the most important decision a person will ever make in their entire life, and that is to put their faith and trust in Jesus. I want to ask all of us for just a moment to bow our heads and close our eyes. He is now nearing the time when he will go to be in heaven. For years and years and years, Dr. Billy Graham, the wonderful evangelist, led congregations around the world in what he called a sinner's prayer. 
And Dr. Graham was quite clear. There's nothing magical about the words, but there is something important about the condition of your heart. And this much I can tell you, I'm going to pray a prayer out loud. It's called the sinner's prayer. And if you pray this prayer in your heart with, with genuineness and with sincerity, I can promise you this, the God who is in heaven will hear your prayer. He will answer your prayer, and he will save you this morning. So if that's where you are today and you say, Danny, I would like to trust Jesus, then pray this prayer with me right now. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you that you lived a sinless, perfect life on my behalf. And I thank you that you died on that cross just for me, paying for all of my sins. I acknowledge this day that I am a sinner, and I acknowledge this day I need to be saved. Lord Jesus, I repent and turn from my sin, and I turn to you and put all of my faith and trust only in you, claiming the promise of your word that whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. I'm calling. Please save me. And dear Lord Jesus, I thank you so much that anyone praying that prayer in sincerity and faith, you have heard and you have answered and you have saved. And I thank you, dear Lord, that you are always faithful to hear the prayers of those who come before you in sincerity. And Lord, I would pray that at the end of this uh, graduation ceremony in just a little while, that those who may have just prayed that prayer would find a graduate that they came here to honor, hug their neck and say, congratulations, I'm so proud of you. Now, let me tell you what happened just a few moments ago when, when Danny prayed that prayer. I prayed it, and I too now belong to King Jesus. I will never take another step without him. And I will go anywhere and do anything he asked me to do. Lord, we would rejoice in anyone making that decision, and we believe indeed that some have. So we trust you, Lord, and we love you. And we pray all of this in the strong and saving name of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this chapel message from Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. If you are thinking about theological education on the undergraduate or graduate level, including doctoral studies, we hope that you consider us. If you also find these chapel messages encouraging and a blessing to your walk with Christ, we hope that you will consider financially supporting Southeastern. Our graduates are literally serving the kingdom across this globe, working to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. Your gifts will help to train more, and they will serve as a worthwhile investment in God's kingdom. You can find more information about attending Southeastern or supporting us financially at www.sebts.edu. We covet your prayers and trust that God will bless every good work you do for His glory. Thank you for joining us in our chapel services.